Welcome back to Shred's Takes, everyone. I'm Mike Shredder, and this is another episode this week, and I'm with Sean Dubé, the soccer guest that, again, you know, the guy who always comes prepared with the microphone. I appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, we're here to talk a lot about Euro soccer, and specifically, as you can tell, Dubé's wearing a England jersey because they are right now in the round of 16 against Ukraine. They just beat Germany. Um, which is a big win. Whereas, you know, obviously Germany's been a little more down this year, but you know, Dubé, talk a little bit about you know what your, are your expectations for England going into that game against Ukraine, and also you didn't touch upon for maybe people who are who follow my podcast who haven't been aware of it, how they were able to get over the hump um, against Germany, how they how they've been kind of living by their defense in a sense to get to the round of sixteen. Talk all about that stuff, just your analysis overall and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, well, definitely say, well, first of all, thank you for having me on. It's always a pleasure. Um, love talking soccer with you. Um, moving to England. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've never been more happy with my country than, <laughs> than this Euros. Um, it's been amazing. Um, I mean, I don't know. If you look back to past Euros and past World Cups, we've had, we had an Italian manager and it like just didn't quite work out. And, you know, we have all these big players coming in, but we weren't able to work together as a team. And, like, as it shows, like, we, were, we weren't able to, like, compete. Like, or we were able to compete, but, you know, we're never really ch- seriously challenging for, for the big trophies. Um, but now, I think with Dareth, or sorry, with, uh, with Southgate, um, he's found a way to bring all these Premier League players in from different teams and you know make it work for England you know not just for like oh for this however many clubs there are in England but this is for England and um it's just been amazing to see us playing so well we we have yet to concede a goal this Euros which is incredible um and I know even though like Harry Kane you know hasn't he didn't really have a great group stage um, you know, Raheem Sterling showed up for us and he didn't really have a great World Cup. So it's, it, this Euros has, has been big for him and thank him a lot. Um, and it's also been so interesting to see all these young guys coming in. Um, and they're really like, you know, taking away like, like Bukayo Saka's debut or debut for them in the Euros was incredible. Man of the match, best player of the game. And he's only 19. One of the young guys He's only been with the England group just throughout this year, to be honest. And he's finding himself with the first team. And and it's just been really cool to see that Southgate cares about the young guys. He really cares about England. And, you know, it, like, as as they say, it's coming home. I, I truly think it could come home. Uh, we just smacked Ukraine 4-0. Um, I wasn't too worried about that. I just, you know, honestly, I was expecting a lot of goals today. Um, and really happy for Harry Kane. He had two. Um, really good for him. Jaden Sancho had a start. We haven't seen Jaden Sancho play a lot this tournament, and I know a lot of Man U fans, a lot of England fans, have been looking for um, have been looking for him to start. But uh, it's been good to see he had a great, really great game today, and I'm excited about that. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's looking good. We we're, we're up against Denmark in the in the semifinals, and I mean Denmark have been on a hot streak, and obviously. Um, you know, like, or maybe, I don't know if you've heard about like Christian Eriksen and how he collapsed. And, you know, I think 
for right, Denmark. That, something I saw in some article, but not, not pretty yeah. So maybe uh, go in that a little bit of detail. Cause... Yeah, so uh, I forget which game it was, but um, in the group stages, um, Ericsson just collapsed um, in the game, and, you know, he was not breathing. Um, they did CPR, and it was just, like, kind of crazy. Like, you don't see that every day on a soccer field. And um, thank God he's okay. Um, there have been some players who, you know, have actually like died on the field and, you know, that's absurd, you know, with so many people around, you know, I think it's crazy. And I'm just so happy that Chris, uh, Christian Erickson's okay. He's, you know, he's up walking, you know, doing his thing. I don't think he'll return to soccer for a bit, but, um, you know, I mean, this means a lot to Denmark. They just witnessed, you know, one of their friends, one of the, actually that one of their best player, their best player, they witnessed him almost, you know, losing his life on the field, and it's pretty amazing to see the run they've made and what it means to them, and just seeing all the Denmark fans happy. I'm really happy for them. Um, so it's going to be a very difficult game, the semifinals. I think Denmark are really going to bring a lot of energy, and you know, England are going to have to, um, you know, be confident in themselves and get some goals, defend well. Hopefully we can keep this run of not conceding a goal and we'll find a way in the finals against either Italy or Spain. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the one thing you, you may touch on a little bit more is like, do you think that, so look, England had an offense explosion today, right? Which they really haven't had so far in the Euros, right? Do you think obviously, I mean, I think it was probably because Ukraine you know, they had a little run, but they they probably weren't as strong defensively as maybe some of the other teams that England's going to play. But, you know, what what is do you think England's going to have to gain, keep the game like the, like the way they're playing, like a low scoring? They're going to have to be really good on the defensive side in order to beat Denmark? Or do you think that, you know, they have to score more goals to have a shot to get to the finals, in your opinion? I think Denmark are going to bring a lot of attacking energy. You know, they're going to want this. I think Ukraine were kind of timid today. I kind of, it kind of seemed like they didn't think they were going to win this game, especially after Harry Kane scored early. Like you could just see Ukraine just sitting back in their half, not doing much. But Denmark, it's going to be totally different. They're going to be attack, attack, attack. They want this. You know, they want to win Euros. You know, it's actually funny that Denmark won the Euros in 1992, I believe. And it was because the, um, there was one nation that dropped out. I forget. But, um, yeah, the, and one nation dropped out or got disqualified, and then, then they ended up going on to win the Euros. Um, but, yeah, it would be amazing for them, you know, and they're going to bring a lot of attack energy. So England are definitely going to have to focus on um, not conceding and then taking their chances. You know, we're going to get chances because we have – I think we have some of the best attacking talent at the Euros, and – it would be really, I think it'd be a bit disappointing for us to not score. So, um, I don't know. We're going to have to be very good defensively. You know, it's going to be, it's not going to be a kind of like a slow game like it was today. It's going to be very high paced. And um, yeah, it's exciting because it's a semifinals now, you know, the last four teams and, you know, soon the finals will be there. So. I was actually the funny. The team that uh, got disqualified was Yugoslavia. Just a quick little tidbit there. But yeah. we're going to look at Belgium and Italy, right? Italy moves on, right? But 
obviously those are you know two of the usually throughout the years top teams in Europe, right? Um, you want to just give us a little bit of an analysis from that game because I remember just like look, I've I remember seeing Belgium, um, you know, back in the World Cups, you know, 2012 and areas like that. You know, look, they, they, they're always very talented. So is Italy, right? Spain, we all know what Spain is, right? But talk about how Italy was able to squeak by or get by Belgium in that quarterfinal match. Because obviously that's not an uh, easy contest. And we know the soccer histories of both of those countries. Obviously, it's very strong. The fan base are really strong and mm-hmm. have a lot of great talent. So just analyze it and talk about, you know, why you think Italy was able to get the edge in this one. Yeah, yeah. Um... I don't know. This is a t- I didn't so I didn't actually watch the game, but um, I did see I did see a bit of it. Um, I don't know. I I think it, Belgium. Belgium. I, I was surprised to be honest. This is was just, is a very difficult matchup because both teams are so good. Belgium have incredible attacking talent, you know, but uh, defensively, you know, I think that could be their weakness. They have some older center backs who I think are not, you know, in some of the best teams in Europe. Um, but, you know, they're still good defenders. You know, Belgium still ranked number one in the FIFA rankings. And I don't know. I just feel like Italy has, you know, it, this, it felt like it meant more to Italy. Like, I've just been watching Italy play um, throughout this tournament. And, like, from the first game, like, you could just see there's so much fire in in the group and you know just seeing the videos of the team like what it means to everyone um it just seems like Italy wanted more and it kind of showed and they found some way they found uh certain moments to outplay Belgium and you know grab two goals um uh, Belgium did bring it back once but um yeah I don't know Italy just seemed to be a very very strong team um, you know, there are two center backs, Bonucci and Chiellini are like, I think the best, there's the best, there are definitely the best Italian center backs, you know, right now. And, you know, they're, I mean, they're pretty old. They're like 36, like 35, like, you know, you'd, you'd think those guys wouldn't be playing anymore, but I mean, they're in the semifinals now with two very experienced center backs, um, and yeah, I don't know. It, I, Italy, it, I, 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 to be honest with you, I think it could be uh, England Italy final. And um, I, I don't know if I see Spain, if I see Spain winning that game, just because they've, they've got. I think Spain have gotten lucky. I mean, they beat Switzerland on penalties. I feel like if Italy were to play Switzerland, it would be, you know, two three nil, pack it up, go home. But Spain, you know, they don't. You know, they've, you've seen a lot of, like, the Murata clips. He hasn't been, you know, finishing goals. And, you know, it's going to be difficult for them. I feel like they have they don't have – their their group their group now is different than, you know, the, the Spain that won it in, um, in 2012 or, you know, the World Cup winning Spain. So um, I definitely think Italy will win that one. Well, yeah, didn't Spain also lose, like, their team captain or something like that, too, to injury, if I'm correct? Yeah, um, yeah, Sergio Ramos. I just, I don't know if it was to injury because he was playing towards the end of um, the season. But it was actually, what I heard is that the manager actually didn't pick any Real Madrid players. So, it was kind of interesting because the, 
the um, the current Spain manager is the former Barcelona manager, um, and oh, the team he coached was incredible. That those guys are so good. Um, they had Messi, Neymar. That was back when it was Messi, Neymar, Suarez. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, it, it's interesting because he didn't pick a single Real Madrid player yet. You know, they were right up there in La Liga. They made it farther than Barcelona in the Champions League. Um, I don't know. Sergio Ramos is just like that guy, you know? Yeah, and, he's like the he's like the glue, that kind of, I mean, like, yeah. you know, I mean, look, the reason why that always is the case is because you have a guy who's A, a good player, and B, a guy who has like the experience to the rally younger players in a very pressurized moment, right? And look, I mean, think about it, right? Obviously, you're like international internationally right soccer is a huge sport right but especially in europe too you have the whole idea of like look like these fan bases i mean i spent you know a month in in london for it and like the summer of going to my sophomore year mm-hmm. and i the the, the the amount of craziness around when you know when the usa women's team played england in like the world cup yeah, yeah. like you know we, we were like you know being in that environment you you see how it's like you see like the New York Knicks fans when the Knicks win like a playoff game, right? It's, it's, a, it's the same type of atmosphere. And it's interesting though, cause you look at, I think there's been some interesting developments too, in terms of like, look, France got bowed out very early, right? That was interesting to see, right? I, I, because if you look at the rankings from the beginning of the year, Belgium, France, um, I think I'm missing some. Yeah. I mean, a- England was high up there or like even like Portugal, right? Portugal yeah. was really high up there. They got battled by Belgium early. So, I mean, may talk about this a little bit because, look, people look at Premier League and La Liga and you have, like, a lot of talented guys and, they, you know, they have all these star players and you say, like, okay, like, these guys are going to win. But I feel like when you go to, like, an international team, it's the same thing, I think, when you have NBA players play for, like, the Olympic team or the, mm-hmm. in the FIBA, um, you know, Basketball World Cup, whatever. Yeah, is like the, the the attention to chemistry and like really buying into fitting together is different. I feel like for when you're representing your country versus when you're representing one of those high end club teams. I, tell me if I'm wrong there. Yeah, um, no, you're definitely right. And I would think immediately one of the first things I would say is that for a club, you know, it's about it's almost it's a little bit more about money than it is, you know, playing for your club. And, you know, in your nation, you don't worry about that, you know. You want to get, like, players are dying to get called up to play and represent their national team. And already there, I think, you know, is there's a way more of a commitment to, to country than to club. So um, I think that is one of the, like, immediate things that, like, changed, you know, club soccer to international soccer. Um, but then in terms of, like, chemistry, you know, it, it's like very difficult sometimes when like, let's say for, for example, France, you know, they have players coming in from all different types of leagues in Europe and, you know, making that group work together, very difficult. You know, you need a very good coach who knows, you know, how to, to rally these guys up for their country, you know, not just, you know, oh, like I'm, I play for PSG. And now I'm going to the France team. Like, I want to make PSG look good, you know? Like, it's not about that. Um, so, I, and I, I think the, tra- the transformation of the French team from the 2010 World Cup to now, incredible. The transformation of um, the England team from 
the 2010 World Cup to now, incredible. You know, it's it's like both those teams have built more chemistry around each other. And, you know, you see France winning World Cups. You see England making a run in the World Cup. You see England now semifinals of the Euros, you know, and a lot of the, the, I think chemistry is, you're right, chemistry is very important in international soccer. And um, I think it also comes down to the manager truly understanding. And I think a lot of the teams in this Euros have had uh, or have um, very good managers. And um, I don't know, I was, to speak about Portugal, um, I'm, I'm quite surprised at Portugal. You know, I thought they would, they seemed kind of, when they played, they seemed um, a little, like a little bit timid. You know, I, I was like, like I was kind of scared of Portugal. I was like, you know, if England played Portugal, we're going to get messed up. But like, it didn't seem like when they, when Portugal played, like it didn't seem like, you know, they were going to go and like beat a team like three, four, no. So that, that was kind of interesting. And I think when they tied that game against France in the group stage, I don't know. I just, I was just thinking like, is Ronaldo really settling, settling for a tie? You know, is, you know, are these top, you know, and I think that, I think for me, I think that's when I kind of thought that they weren't going to win the Euros. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Belgium I've honestly surprised me so much because it's just like, like, it's like, I think out of all the European countries, like over, like over time, you think like, oh, like Belgium is not, is not really been that great historically, but, um, you know, they've built an incredible group of guys and now they're just killing teams, but unfortunately they got knocked out, but yeah, I know you're, um, so I was saying, uh, international soccer, very different from club soccer. And chemistry plays a huge role into that. Yeah, I think it's just important to touch up on that because a lot of times when you, I mean, look, I, I made this differentiation whenever I talk about what NBA games are like versus what, when you represent the USA and play against teams from different countries in the Olympics or a World Cup, it's the same thing in soccer. The, ma- the manager has to be able to get all these star players to play together, right? It's, it's very difficult to do that because a lot of them are, are going from team to team or playing for different teams outside of that. Right. And if you don't have a good manager, like you, like you said, it, 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 it seems obvious, but it's just, there's so many times now where people are like the players can dominate everything. They can figure it out. But a lot of times when you're playing against different countries who have a lot of similar talent or just have really good coaches, you have to have a guy who's willing to make the, make those adjustments, right. And know like, okay, look, maybe this, this player was good at one point in his career but he struggles in this area. So we may have to go with a younger guy who's up and coming in this situation. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, a, it's, it's a tough kind of situation to kind of, you know, gauge as a coach or as a manager. Right? I mean, just cause you have all these star players, but it's not always, you know, easy just to say, okay, we have star players. We're going to win it all. You know, like that's Yeah. Like you said, you have to have the right system in place to make that happen. I think. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Well, I want to wrap it up there and Sean, you know, great having you again on the podcast, bro. I appreciate all the soccer insight and you know, it's good having another guy who has a microphone on with me. I haven't had too many guests who bring microphones on. So I, uh, yeah, I appreciate that. You know, looks very professional and uh, look forward to talking to you more soon as the years continue to develop. Um, Obviously we're going to the semis of it now, but you know, if you want to break that, you know, break down the, when you get to the championship game, let me know. 
Yeah, for sure, man. Thanks for having me on. I missed you a lot. It's been a while. It's been what? It's been a year and... Yeah, it's going to be about a year and a half since a I've half. seen probably 90% of the school in person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to the semester starting seeing you again and, you know, seeing more Shred's takes throughout the semester. Um, hopefully I can make a couple of those. We can break down um, can break down some of the games or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, dude, it's... Yeah, it's- no, absolutely. Well, I appreciate that, Sean. And once again, man, thank you. And uh, have a good rest of your weekend. Enjoy your... Uh, Enjoy your your Fourth of July, and um, you know, continue to do good good things on your YouTube account, man. You know, thanks, man. Happy Fourth of July. You too. All right, take it easy. All right, thanks, bro. Thank you so much for tuning in to that clip from the Shreds Takes podcast show. If you want more clips like that, subscribe to the channel below, and as well as check out the links in the description to view the full episodes on Apple Podcasts or Spotify.